while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Jess Machado. I'm filling in for Chris and Marcus, who are taking the night off. Just a little uh, information. My show tomorrow, I'm uh, not here. So uh, some replay of Howie Car Show is going to be playing. Um, so feel free to enjoy that. But I'll be back next week, which will be my last show before the election. It's go time, people. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a lot, right? Um, so we still have a lot to get into with Paul Rowe, and I want our listeners who had called, by the way, call back. Um, and if you're in the queue right now, we're going to have to ask you to wait or call back in a little bit. Um, but we are going to get to a couple of those things that we you know, promised to talk about. But what I do want to do is talk to my friend Anthony Amore. Um, I met Anthony uh, back when he uh, started running for... Um, Hold on. Let me make sure I have this right. Is that right? Okay. I have an echo. Um, Anthony's running for state auditor. I met him um, here. I interviewed him a couple of times. Um, and admittedly, I knew absolutely nothing about the state auditor position. Um, and I consider myself to know a little bit about local and state politics. Um, but through our conversations and interviews, through his social media and his website, I actually learned that the state auditor's position is pretty important. Um, and you know, his experience lends to this, this job. And so I've gotten to know him. I support his campaign. And when I saw today that, um, a spokesperson for the executive office of the administration of finance said that money is going to start heading out to voter, um, to, um, taxpayers, I was like, I need somebody to explain this to me. And so I called Anthony and he's with us on the line. Hi, Anthony. How are you? Hi, Jess. Thanks for uh, playing Paul Westerberg. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, let's we'll we'll talk a bit about how the campaign is going and everything. But let's talk about this uh, tax rebate that people can expect. What do you know about it? Sure. So, in 1986, uh, voters went to the ballot booth and they voted for um, a law which is now called Section 62F, and that law essentially says when uh, the rate of tax revenue exceeds um, uh, income on the part of taxpayers, the difference in that tax revenue has to go back to the taxpayer. So um, that kicked in this year. The only other time it kicked in was 1987, and it wasn't that much money. People got back very little. It was, a, I mean, I'm talking um, ten or twenty dollars. Okay, back to the back to the taxpayer. But this year. The surplus is $2.94 billion that has to go back to the taxpayers. So um, what that means is that all of your listeners who paid income tax, state income tax last year, will be getting 13% of what they paid back 
from the state government beginning very soon, beginning in November. Uh, Thanks to Governor Baker pushing really hard to make that happen sooner rather than later. So this is kind of a big deal. It's unprecedented, right? We haven't ever experienced a rebate like this before. Not of this Aside side, from no. the $10, $20 back uh, in the 90s. Right. That was very small back then. But now this one is going to be substantial. So whatever you paid, you're going to get around 13% back from the state government. I mean, how often do you get money back like that? This is really Never. Yeah. <laughs> Never. And it's great. I mean, you know, we, my campaign worked really hard to make sure that the state uh, stuck by the law. The legislature didn't change it. The auditor signed off on the um, final amount early, uh, but we were ready. If they hadn't done what they were supposed to do, we were ready to file suit the first thing the next morning. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. We, we lined up uh, what the law says is 24 taxpayers, um, and uh, you could file suit in uh, Supreme Judicial Court. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were ready. And uh, fortunately, we were able to put enough pressure that the auditor signed off on it early and the rebates are coming. I I would just want to let our listeners know if for no other reason, that would be a reason to vote for Anthony. (laughs) He was already (laughs) advocating for us even before getting elected or in a a role. Um, And and I think that's a great thing. And honestly, I, I mean it when I say I knew very little about what our state auditor does. But aside from this, which I think is obviously great, and, and people, there, from what I've read, there's over 3 million um, taxpayers in the state that are going to be receiving some sort of a, a refund, which is tremendous. And especially at a time when, you know, inflation and the cost of groceries and things are so high, um, every little bit will help. Um, but the, the state auditor's role is really important, and it, it's essentially making sure our tax dollars are being spent appropriately and there's minimal waste. Um, isn't that correct? That's exactly right. You said it very, very well. And um, that's why this issue was so important to me in my campaign. You know, we, we agree with what you just said. The people's tax dollars are precious. You know, you don't have a choice. You have to pay your taxes. Um, so when it comes time to choose between paying taxes and paying for uh, everyday goods that are skyrocketing in price, you know, people talk about 8.3% inflation, but the the price of groceries is over 13% inflation. So your, your listeners know this when they're, when, you know, when they're at the register at the supermarket and final tally comes up, it's higher than it's ever been in their lives. And, and, you know, they're walking out with either less bags or less money. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, these things are really important. So it's key that this money's coming back and it's key that I'm elected auditor so I can continue to look after your tax dollars. Anthony, I had a vested interest in the cannabis um, industry. Where I live in Somerset, um, several years ago, we voted to rezone an area so that there could be cultivation and sales of marijuana in Somerset. And so I learned a lot about the industry back then. Um, and I've been following, obviously, the growth in the region, such as Somerset, Fall River, um, and, and other areas. The Cannabis Control Commission has actually not been audited, even though that they've been in existence for over six years, if I'm correct. You are correct. It's okay. being audited right now. Oh, <clears throat> so, conveniently uh, enough. Well, the state, the state uh, auditor is required to audit every state agency once every three years. And um, so we're behind, obviously. Right. And uh, it's being audited now. The audit's not done. I, I applaud the auditor for finally getting to it, but um, it should have been done sooner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happened. There was a, a person who died at a um, uh, cannabis uh, facility mm-hmm. from, uh, it appears, it appears that it had to do with um, mold in the facility. It's not, I don't think that's been completely established, but this poor 
innocent worker uh, died from exposure. Um, there was a, a, a data breach of background information that occurred related to um, the personnel records of people involved in the uh, mm. in the industry. So these are, you know, the auditor can't audit every single phase. Right. Um, and these things might have still happened, but the fact that it was never looked at is alarming. Yeah, I, I view the cannabis situation in Massachusetts as like the wild, wild west. You know, it's uncharted territory. Nobody's ever experienced it before. And I feel like nobody's watching. Um, and when I had read that, you know, about that story, unfortunately, um, about the worker who had passed away, you know, I started to look even more in depth. And I can't believe that, you know, over the course of six years, there has not been an audit. But this is a pattern with the current administration um, there. They they have not been consistently auditing um agencies across the state that's that's entirely accurate you know the um state auditor has said that she gets to about 70 percent of the state hmm. agencies and you have to do 100 right because you know what you're saying right now is almost a third of your state government is not being monitored mm-hmm. that's really problematic mm-hmm. uh, you have to have a watchdog and i can do this job i've done it before i've done audits and inspections and investigations my whole career uh, 30 years mm-hmm. and uh, my opponent's never done a single one and i think the voters have an opportunity to vote for somebody who knows how to do the job and then one of the last things i just wanted to say is this is really not about being a democrat or a republican this is really about someone that's experienced that can be in this role and can really just be looking out for all taxpayers because it, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on everybody cares about how their money is being appropriated to ensure that there's no waste um so i think your appeal can be to not only democrats but the, the people in the middle um and republicans exactly you know i I think people should expect their state auditor to be independent and right down the middle uh, with only an eye towards protecting the taxpayer, not Mm -hmm. protecting Republican or Democratic taxpayers or bringing my own political ideology in and having my favorites. No, I think that taxpayers of Massachusetts expect someone who's only boss, who's only uh, the only thing they answer to is the people of Massachusetts, and that's what I intend to do. I've, you know, I should add, just I've taken no special interest money. And when I say no, I mean zero. Mm. There's no group that's, um, you know, uh, uh, you, uh, my opponent, for instance, has 43 cents of every dollar spent on getting her uh, through this election has mm. come from the labor union. So mm-hmm. pe- many of the people she'll have to audit. So I think um, I think people have a chance to have a really independent person. That's interesting. I know we were just talking about being in the middle of the aisle and being an independent voice in the auditor's office, but I'd be remiss if before we ended, we didn't mention that since we've spoken last, um, it's very clear you've received an endorsement from Governor Baker, not something that he hands out lightly. Um, one of the most popular governors in the state. Um, that's a big deal. It is. I was just with him. Uh, we just had an event. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and he he introduced me and he talked about his endorsement and why he's endorsing me and only me. And um, I can't tell you what an honor that is. And um, it's it's been one of the highlights of this campaign to know the most popular governor in the country thinks that I'm the perfect person for this job. And I hope that your listeners and voters take that to heart. I do, too. Uh, what's the number one thing that you hear? And I'm going to let you go. What's the number one thing you hear out on the campaign trail that people are concerned about or interested in right now? You know, it's really interesting. People always assume what pe- uh, what the public is going to say to me. Mm. The number one thing they care about is not being overlooked and being forgotten. Mm. And 
people want their government to care about them. They want them to remember that they're doing the people's work, that the that people in government aren't the, aren't the boss, they're the public servants. This is what people care about. And I can promise you that's the attitude I would have in office. Love it. Anthony, it has been wonderful to speak with you again. Uh, I know it's going to be a tough next 10 days, but I know you've got a great team um, and you're ready to put in the work and get the vote out. So I'm wishing you the best of luck. Thanks so much, Jeff. Right. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye. Guys, that was Anthony Amori. That's our candidate for state auditor. Um, basically letting you all know that uh, your your tax dollars are coming back to you soon in November. Um, anybody who paid state income tax is going to be getting 13% of that back in a refund coming from the surplus that the state has. Um, and I think that's exciting. And I, uh, again, I don't know a lot about, um, things that take place <laughs> with the state auditor's role. Uh, but I'll tell you, if I have a question, that's the guy to go to. He just knows his stuff. And what a novel idea that you actually have somebody running for an office with experience and a background, um, in what they're running for. You know, we talked about it earlier with the sheriff. He's got the experience. He's been doing this for a long time. Anthony's been doing this for a long time. Why is it that people are thinking that experience doesn't matter? I think this is a really crucial time in this state where we actually put people who know what they're doing in office. Call me crazy. I've had a caller that's been waiting, so let's get to them before we take a break. Hi, caller. You're live with Jess. Good evening. Hi. How you doing, Jess? I'm well. Uh, I, I, I uh, will be supporting Amore, uh, mainly because I listen to both candidates on WB7. I think he's more qualified than the Democratic candidate. And I'm a person that's independent and leaning to the liberal side many times. But this particular individual, I think, uh, after what he said and his promises that he hopefully will keep in uh, returning uh, information to the public is very important. I was hoping I would be able to ask him a question on this oh. uh, income tax return. Uh, because, you know, I, I like process. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, uh, the, the Supreme Court in 1987 said that this return can only be done by an income tax credit. That was a decision in 1987. Second piece was the governor doesn't have the authority to appropriate funds. Only the legislature under our Constitution can appropriate funds. So I don't know how they, they did a workaround on that hmm. or if the legislature just looked the other way because <laughs> that could have happened too. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure, Anthony's, I'm sure that Anthony's um, going to continue to listen um, and I'll encourage him to um, send me a text message and give me some insight to that and I'll read it on air for you so you can get, get the, uh, the answer yeah. to that. And there's a confluence of other issues surrounding it, but hmm. those are the main ones. I'm interested in processing. Sure. I thought that the governor being able to do this would violate the state constitution. Very interesting. And then, and then you got the Supreme Court decision, too, hanging out there. Yeah, but perfect. Anyway, Let me ask you a question before you go. Don't hang up. Um, so you're an independent. Let me ask you, who do you want to disclose who you're going to vote for for sheriff? Yeah, I'm voting for uh, Hero only because I have a, a personal attachment with one of my sisters that work there. And she since has passed, and I won't bring up her issues because of that. I see. But that's a personal thing. Okay. Um, I think uh, at this point, uh, it's going to be a, a pretty close race. I agree with uh, you. I think that uh, the northern part of the county is going to go to Hero, and uh, the the, the, the uh, part around here uh, will be pretty much even. Mm. And uh, if you look at Hodgson's wins in the past, he always wins in the suburban area. I don't know what kind of inroads uh, he was made in those areas, 
But if you look at the track record, the sheriff uh, wins mightily in places like Seekonk and mm-hmm. Taunton and Akushnet. And I don't know if Eero has done enough to compete there. Well, let me ask uh, you a question before you sure. go on. You know, you're obviously voting for Haro by default, right? Because of what you just no, said. Because, or because you think he's well, the better a lot candidate? Of, a, lot, a lot of other reasons. I mean, when I was listening to Holly Robichaud mm-hmm. this evening, she distorted a lot of things. He never said... The, the only thing he said is, I never lost a labor board dispute. Uh, up, you, until that, up until that, you yeah. got it on tape in your station. You, you got it on tape there. And if you listen to what he said, that's what he said. He didn't say, oh, uh, I'm holding this one back. I'm not going to tell everybody about this. That that one was waiting almost two years. Yeah, but he knew about it. He didn't disclose it. I mean, he didn't know. He, he didn't know whether he won or lost. Well, I mean, you know, the the thing about Paul is when he was running for mayor the last time, I think, um, or maybe the time before, he brought up that he had an altercation with his uh, sister's boyfriend um, and he just wanted to come out in the open and put it out there first and let everybody know that there was an altercation. The police were called. There was, you know, an assault, but the charges were never filed. He wanted to be very proactive with that. You would have thought that, you know, being proactive about such a personal issue, you know, he would have been a little bit more forthcoming about this this situation, which is actually a pretty big deal. But my question to you, caller, was how do you feel supporting a candidate that is being backed by, you know, money coming from these PACs outside of the state, like the Bloomberg PACs and Soros money? I mean, there's it's not, you know, um, it's not a joke. This is serious money, over $400,000 that is being spent. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? I'm okay with it because guess what? He all has nothing to do with that in the sense that his campaign can't associate with any of that. Oh, those sir, folks, I understand those, that. But those, he did go folks, on record and say that he traveled to Washington to speak with these people and ask them what should he run for next. I mean, they well, asked him to run. I mean, those folks that, that fund that this dark money stuff can do it anywhere they want. Any, anywhere. Are, you, are know, you going you, to play dumb and tell me that you don't think that he knows that this was all part of the plan to get him to uh, oust the sheriff? Of course saying, he knew that. I'm saying that because of the the national uh, status of our current sheriff, that's the reason why these people got involved. And uh, they have their agenda. Have have you ever heard of freedom of speech? I mean, the sheriff is allowed to say that he supports a sitting president. He's allowed to support the candidacy for a a reelection of that president. And the sheriff has gone on record to say multiple (laughs) times that it doesn't matter what president is down in Washington. If they're willing to work with him and help with border security and helping him with, you know, all of these issues, he'll work with anybody. Right. I mean, he, he worked to, to, to raise money for the wall, but he can't tell us what happened to the money for the wall. It went over to a private sector. You know, said. I think I love talking to you and I think you've had some really great points, but I've got to be honest with you. I always wonder who were the type of people that look the other way when we talk about dark money controlling elections. And I'm really kind of surprised that someone who sounds as intelligent as you is willing to look the other way when you say things like, well, he can't communicate with PACs. I mean, that's incredulous. It is very well known that Paul Haro has spoken with people and they are the ones that are dictating what office he runs for next. And he knows that these people are going to support him and back him because he doesn't actually have local support. He has the support of these outside people. So, caller, I've got to let you go because I could do this all night, but I'm up against a break. I have a bunch of people that are waiting, so please stick around. Let's keep talking about this. And let's get to these stories that I need to talk about about Paul so you all know what's going on. Um, 
Yikes. 508-996-0500. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. 14. to South Coast tonight, besties. I'm Jess Machado filling in for the boys. All right, let's get to the calls because we had a couple people that have been waiting. Stand by. Hi, thanks for holding your live with Jess. Yeah, um, I think uh, Mayor, yeah, Mayor, excuse me. I think Sheriff Hodgkinson's time is up. Yeah. He's been in too long. Yeah. And uh, time to go and get somebody new. Let me ask you a question because that's a really great point. Um, if you had someone that was at a job, um, and and kind of worked their way up the ranks, and uh, they were 24 years into that job. Do you think it would be time to fire them and replace them with a younger, fresher face? Uh, yeah. I think he's a retirement age. <laughs> no, no. What I asked you is, if someone's been in a role and, and been effective, right, and, and getting, you know, passing their accreditations, you know, year after year after year, and doing a decent job, you believe that it would be time to... Fire so, that person? Oh, wait, wait, so you think Tom Hodgkinson's doing a decent job? Of course I do. <laughs> of okay. course I do. But my question well, to I, you I is, do you believe... So I let me ask you a question. Let's back it up, okay? So okay. my mother is. My mother has been at a job um, since I was seven years old. <laughs> yeah. So same, same job, same um, employer for, since I was seven. I'm 47. So for 40 yeah. years. Now, my mother is not ready to retire. Um, do you yeah. think that she should be fired because she has been there too long? Different scenario. What do you mean? She's unbelievably talking, knowledgeable in her position. She worked her way up the ranks. You're talking about a guy that runs a prison system. It's a job. I, I can't disclose uh, to you what my mother does, but I can tell you she works for your municipality. Yeah, he's he's got so much controversy. Honey, you're gonna him. have to come. To, you're gonna have to come to me with facts. So I, you know, I I think that you're saying he's been there too long, but I don't really think you believe that. I really do think you believe qualified people should stay in their jobs until they're ready to retire or they're ready to move on. And I'm not really sure. Doesn't it matter to you that he could have? You, I mean, let's let's face it. He's he's well liked, right? He's a decent politician. He wins he all of his races. So, but let me ask you a question. He could have gone on and moved on to something else. It doesn't it doesn't hold any value to you that he wants to stick around and do the job because he actually likes doing the job. Well, if he likes doing the job, I understand that. But other people kind of want him gone. So some people, people like you want them in still, but a lot of people want them gone. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. Let me ask you the same question I asked the previous caller. Um, it is obvious that Mayor Haro is being backed by money outside this state. So um, is Tom Hawkinson. He's got money. He too. has no no money that is being come in from these packs and dark money. There is no money, and that's public record. You can go on campaign finance. You can look at all of these packs and where they're spending money. The money that is being spent on the sheriff is in state PAC money. Um, and this is money coming from Mayor Bloomberg from New York, his PAC, Soros money, in the in the excess of over $400,000. Why do you think 
that your candidate should be backed by people who don't even live in this county or this state. Why is that okay with you? I don't know. Tom could give the Coach brothers a call and his buddy Trump. He's not doing that. I mean, you're deflecting from the... (laughs) Sure he could. I'm sure he could, but he hasn't done that. So you're so you're okay. You you and the previous caller, you people are going to vote for a guy who is backed by people who don't even live here. They don't care about Bristol County. They don't care about you and me and whether or not criminals get released. They don't care. They want to defund the police and they want to get rid of the sheriff because he is not all about that. And you're going to vote for a guy and put us in a position where we're not safe because you don't seem to care about this. I mean, you have a responsibility. The country's already in a position where we're not safe. We need to hold on to what we have, which is a responsible leader at the sheriff's office who does it for the right reasons. I'm asking you, you got to reconsider. You know, you got to. I I just know... I see, I'm not a criminal, so it doesn't really affect me, but I just know from a lot of people that they don't like Tom Hodgkins. Okay. All right. That's fine. You don't have to love it. Have you ever met him? Yeah, I met him a couple of times. Okay. He's a decent guy, right? All right. It was just, hi, how are you? And that's it. <laughs> you know, you should meet him. You, you, you really should meet him and talk to him. I'm telling you, I mean, he's just, he's a genuine guy. And you know what? I have no problem with him being a tough on, you know, uh, a tough prison system. I mean, look at what happened. Sheriff Hodgson came in when he started, right? And he said, listen, I don't want weights in my jails. I don't want free weights in my jails. And people lost their minds, right? What These guys should have weights and blah, 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 blah. And he took the weights, took the TVs out donated them to local schools and said, you know what? You're going to get an education while you're here. You're going to get help. You're going to do whatever. Now, all these years later, there's a a bill that's being uh, proposed by a local representative to remove these free weights from prisons because they're being used as weapons. So back then people thought because he was kind of like a, 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 you know, a first person to, to talk about this, um, it was the wrong thing. But now here we are later, people have understood where he was coming from in this. I mean, this is this is quality leadership, you know, and we're going to, um, you know, hang up. And I'm going to talk to you about a story that's coming up with um, uh, that I've been wanting to get to. So thanks, caller. I appreciate your perspective. I'm asking you to reconsider, Bestie, if you don't mind. Um, the, you know, so over the past couple of days, just researching and learning more about Paul, I've come across a couple of stories that honestly I can't believe have not come across um, my Facebook page or um, any other news media outlet. The Sun Chronicle, I'm going to give them some props. They actually finally you know, reported on this labor decision. They've known about it for a long time. Word on the street is that they didn't know about it. Um, but let's let's give credit where credit was due. They finally posted about it today, right? This is a story from 2019, and the the title is The Attleboro Mayor Blasts Counselor for Helping a Suicidal Man. I'm not kidding you when I say this. Uh, the Sun Chronicle reports a city councilor who tried to do good by taking a suicidal man to the hospital ran afoul of the law, according to Mayor Paul Haro, who scolded the counselor in a testy email exchange last week. Haro reprimanded Todd Kobus after he discovered that the first-term counselor personally took an individual to the hospital from a private cooling station one recent hot weekend after the person said that he wanted to kill himself. And Kobus said he would do it again.
In an email, Haro told Cobus that his decision to help the individual was negligent and put the city in extreme legal jeopardy. A responsible person would call 911, the mayor said. That is their job, not yours. Stay in your lane, counselor. You put the city at extreme risk of liability, not to mention the safety of the person that you would be transporting. You are not an emergency management professional. Cobus is an army veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan and was unruffled by the rebuke that the mayor's reaction was politically motivated. He said 10 out of 10 times I would do it again. He said in a response email to the Sun Chronicle, it's easy for the mayor to Monday morning quarterback a situation for political gain, but that's not who I am. 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to put the needs of the residents before my own. So what happened was this guy was at a privately run cooling station at the La Salette Shrine on the weekend of July 20th and 21st when the individual came in and said that he wanted to kill himself. The counselor took him to Sturdy Memorial Hospital to get help. That's it. This guy, who is, was a first-term city councilor in Attleboro, happened to be at a cooling station at La Salette. A guy came in, was distraught and upset, and said that he wanted to kill himself. And this guy compassionately took this guy to the hospital immediately. And I guess the, the issue that Haro is saying here is that it was a liability because he is a, a city employee. Cobus further responded directly to Haro and said, thanks, Paul, but I don't need further assistance with this matter. As a veteran that has sat through annual suicide prevention training and has lost multiple friends to suicide, if an individual indicates that they are thinking about killing themselves, I will help them in any manner I can. That is what a genuinely caring individual does, and I'm offended that you would suggest anybody act differently. So, you know, the the issue here is, that it is true that this guy should should have called 911. Paramedics are certified by the state. They operate under a medical license. Um, anybody um, doing this as a city official is essentially practicing medicine without a license. I mean, that sounds extremely technical. But I think the essence of this story is, really, is that a, a man was pr- in a situation where he was presented with something that he was familiar with, could identify with, and acted in a humane, um, swift manner. Um, and I believe that he acted from the absolute right place in his heart to help this individual. And that came first. And perhaps his position with the city came second. But for Mayor Haro to actually put this on blast and put this guy on blast for this in such a manner his tone is unreal paul just because you can does not mean that you should we have to take a break we've got a couple of callers stay in the queue we'll get to you as soon as we come back 508-996-0500 this is south coast tonight i'm jess machado and this is 1420 wbsm 14 
Welcome back, besties. This is Jess Machado. I'm filling in for the guys tonight. This is South Coast Tonight. You can connect with me at 508-996-0500. The app chat is up and running, so if you want to talk, let's talk through the chat. But I've had a caller that's been waiting, so let's get to them. Hi, caller. You're uh, live. Thanks. Uh, I guess I heard your story about the uh, cooling station. All so why why is that uh, councilman at the cooling station? He's probably looking in on his people that he represents. You would think, right? That's why he's there in the first place, I would assume. Right. And I would assume that someone came to him as he's looking over one and uh, sounded suicidal out of his own mouth. Not because he made an observation and did a doctor thing and said, I got to take this guy. The guy said he's going to kill himself. Right. You can't walk away from that. You can't. It's your duty. It's your duty. Councilman, fire chief, Indian chief, this and that beggar or thief. It's your job. Get him some care. Well, you can't. He had the means. He had a car. He took it there. It's his and job so as a happened? human being, though, right? Not even as an elected official. I never stop being a human being. <laughs> because if I take public office and I'm a cop, it's to serve and protect. Right. If I'm the mayor, it's to oversee the safety and the welfare of all beings that are inside my boundaries. Right. And et cetera. Okay. But I'm a resume candidate. And this is going to look bad in <laughs> my record. And the city solicitor <laughs> might get involved. And isn't going to say, oh, the mayor, mayor, mayor. And so the mayor's got this oh he's got this blemish but you know something counselor if i want to make a private text to a fireman's wife i'm gonna do it isn't that, you know we're laughing it. we're joking but it's very serious you know this is like a characteristic of this person that he feels that it's it's better for him to follow you know this rule that uh, an elected official or a city employee could not transport someone that was in trouble and he feels that that is the priority over you know really a humanitarian effort to help someone who was in 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 need and that's sure the kind of lead that's crazy right sheriff Haro sheriff Haro well let me finish the thought oh <laughs> go ahead adjourns okay uh, <laughs> uh sheriff Haro uh, is, is very upset he's gonna he's gonna have to fire this uh, oh yeah this guy uh, broke the rules. He jumped into a cell and saved a man who was choking, gave him the Heimlich maneuver and everything else. But by technicality, he had no right to enter there until he called main headquarters and had it on the radio that he was going to do that. Yeah. So because he didn't go through the protocol and waste like 20 seconds or so, um, anyway, he jumped in and saved the man's life. But we're going to fire him. Mm. It looks better. I also record. think, um, caller, and I have to let you go because we are up against another break. I can't stand these breaks. Thank you very much. I mean, I love the breaks. Thank you for sponsoring our show, but it's a lot. Um, I also find it pretty nervy um, that Haro is running this whole campaign on these suicides. I, there's no guarantee um, that he is going to be able to stop suicides from happening should he be sheriff. Uh, that's that's a pretty big promise. I'll take the over-under on that. we got to take another break, unfortunately. But we have another hour to go after this. Um, we're going to get into a couple of other things. I pulled some clips up from the sheriff's debate, which I think is great. Um, you can listen to that. I'll, sh I'll share the link with you, but we'll play a couple of clips. I do actually think the sheriff performed well. Um, and uh, someone was on the defensive most of the time. So let's take this break and then we'll come right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Jess and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back. No music because we've only got a minute. This caller has been waiting. So let's get to the lines. Caller, you got one minute. What's up? 
Hi, it's Caitlyn Jenner. I got pink. Oh, you waited that whole time. <laughs> you were in the queue for like three and a half minutes. Is that's no indication that you have no life? I don't know what is. Good, good thing I didn't call you a bestie. Um, oh man, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. That is the number for non trolls. However, if you are a Paul Hero supporter, I would love to ask you a question. He's had a couple of people call in tonight, most likely because he knew that I was going to be going for the throat. Um, and I've asked these people if they're okay with the fact that their candidate is being backed by dark money coming from outside of this county, outside of this state. And these people seem to not want to address that. And we we kind of need to, right? Because these people have no business trying to influence this election. This is about families. This is about safety in communities. This is about keeping our our jails um, running in an effective manner. And um, that is all in jeopardy when you've got uh, big money coming from outside um, investing in uh, a race for a candidate they probably don't even know. It's really just about the agenda. And some of these ads are pretty, uh, uh, <laughs> pretty ridiculous, if you ask me. I'm not really sure. But one of them says that Paul Haro is, is going to be tough on gun laws. I'm not really sure. Is he running for a legislative office that I'm not aware of? Because I'm not really sure he's in, in charge of gun laws as sheriff. Um, it's weird, weirdo. Um, 